Good evening and welcome to another edition of But What Do We Know? <sighs> I'm here with Gaz, Mike, nearly a week on from... Hello. Interrupt me. <laughs> nearly a week on from Wales, England. Um, it's, it's, it's just nice that he's got clothes on this time. <laughs> uh, careful what you say now. People will be wondering what sort of podcast this is. Um, so, yeah, so it is a, a week on uh, since Wales, England, or will be tomorrow. So we'll do a bit of, uh, of a recap, a sober recap of, of that. Um, hopefully uh, you've listened to um, our In The Moment special, our post-game special recorded live at the pub. Uh, last week, um, but uh, we're going to break down the game again more soberly, even though we are drinking tonight, um, but not quite in the same state as we were the other day. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk England, Wales. We'll talk France and Wales, of course, next Friday, which might mean that our podcast next week is um, maybe a different day. Who knows? We'll keep you on your feet, listeners. Um, it could just be that we do it after the Wales France game. Um, I guess fresh off, hot, fresh off the press, guys, this evening is um, a fantastic result for Cardiff tonight, Cardiff Rugby. And yes, I am being sarcastic. They got absolutely battered 48-12 to Ulster. Um, so, I, you know, I'll go straight into it, really. I mean, is this, we, we mentioned it before, we haven't done a whole podcast on the Welsh regions yet. But I mean, is, is this score an indictment of the regions at the moment um, and, you know, why we should be a little bit worried about the future of of Welsh rugby as a whole. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, shocking performance tonight, wasn't it? Um, to go away from home is hard enough in this league, especially to, to Ireland. And to put in a performance like that, I, I, I just feel sorry for the 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 fans who'd obviously spent their hard-earned cash on a weekend away in Belfast, and to see a performance. Well, it, let's be honest, it wasn't much of a performance at all. Abysmal. I mean, yeah, I think that's that's a pretty good recap there. There, guys. I think um, it was good to have Josh back, Josh Navidi, um, because uh, he is—he's going to be huge when it comes to um, Wales' chances for, say, the rest of Six Nations. But I guess you know the, the lead up to the World Cup—if he stays healthy in the Six Nations next year—could have done with him against England. He might have made a difference. He's so good at the breakdown, but that, that's pretty much it tonight, really, in regards to. You know things to to sort of take away from the game, or things to even be happy about. So um, apologies, guys, that I bought us tickets for for um, Wales Ospreys and, and Wales Ospreys, <laughs> Cardiff Ospreys, and uh, oh. Cardiff Scarlets in April. But um, at least we can do a live podcast for, <laughs> from uh, from the Ams Park. So uh, so yeah, it, it it's a bit worrying, and um, I think. To be fair, Mike, it goes back to your your point about DNA last week, doesn't it? <laughs> Very much does. I'm just also going to say that if if the game's as bad as it is, 
was tonight when I go and watch it with you, I still haven't paid you for the ticket yet. So uh, I, I, I may do I may do a gallop and forget to pay. You pay me depending on how good the game is. So yeah, there'll be a pay per view. So however much of it I watch, that that's not much I'll pay towards the ticket price. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. So, uh, what are we drinking, lads, tonight? I'm still going for my Brecon gin, I am, so. Still going with your Brecon gin? Gaz, oh, yeah. I'm drinking San Miguel, which brings back memories of my hangover from Sunday. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say, then, I thought you were going to say, brings back memories of when we were in Barcelona. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> uh, and back... did we go to Barcelona, did we? Twice. Twice, mate, actually. Twice? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how so, much you can remember of it. Mm. It's all moulded into one, it has. <laughs> Both trips, so. The best so ten part, years apart, but, you know. Yeah, ten years apart, and uh, the first trip, Gaz trying to convince these Canadians, not con- well, I not really convince, he was trying to tell these Canadians about Port Talbot, um, <laughs> and, they, and they didn't really understand him. Because of his accent and the fact he was piddled, and uh, they kept saying uh, Port Albert, and no, guys, it's like you know, it's really serious. No, Port Albert, and they're like Port Albert, and they're like, no, it's not a port. Well, it is a port, but it's not. It's not named after Albert. It's Port Talbot. Um, so that was that was one of the highlights, anyway, definitely. Um, Guys, Gaz is doing t- stupid things on holiday. It's just a whole new podcast, isn't it, Gaz? Yeah. There's a few. There's a few stories there. I don't think there's a market for that uh, sort of podcast, unfortunately, or fortunately for me, anyway. So, uh, so guys, get in touch. But what do we know at mail.com? Um, Mike, get 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 practicing because uh, later on, or towards the end of the show, we'll get you just to remind people of the Twitter feed. Uh, we try we try doing that in the post game special, and you made a right hash out of it. Um, <laughs> it's quite funny, yeah. but uh, no wonder we haven't got any followers. I'm sure that's the reason. We have got a couple of followers, but I'll, again, I'll let you mention that at the end. So, uh, so guys, um, we focused last week's podcast, our Friday night podcast, anyway, on building up the anticipation, the excitement, and talking about Wales England. Um, we. In a way, we're wrong with our predictions, even though we pretty much all predicted they'd lose. Um, it, it, it's interesting, right? Because I'm struggling to understand how we lost. Um, and it's been killing me all week because even, you know, yes, of course, we're experts, obviously. But even the experts, you know, they're surprised about almost how Wales lost. Um, and, I, and I shared in our WhatsApp group, I think yesterday, about sort of the, the stats. And Wales dominated in sort of line breaks. They dominated in um, metres made. Um, they even won more line-outs. Set pieces. Yeah. And scrum. So where did we lose this game? Discipline. Mike. Discipline. First 20 minutes. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know whether it was sort of technique, not rolling away. I don't know whether refs, to me, refs seem to be a bit more hot on this um, at the breakdown if you're 
trying to stop quick ball. They seem to be blowing up a lot more for that in the last couple of Six Nations. Um, but I think it was discipline. And and you could say maybe we didn't get the same rubber the green um, as the English te- as the English team. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start though. But you've Sorry. got to play. Sometimes you've got to play the referee as well, having you. So if you know he's pinged you two or three times, you've got to make sure that you're painting him the right picture, so that he knows that you. <laughs> what are you laughing for? So you wear the gas, honestly. It's a competition with me and Gaz, yeah. But you've just got to make. You've just got to be sort of whiter than white in the breakdown area, so they're not gonna. So you're not gonna get penalised. <laughs> Oh, but I think that's I think that's it. You can't give a team like England a twelve point head start and still expect to win a game. We wouldn't do that against New Zealand. You wouldn't do that against South Africa. You wouldn't do it against Australia. You wouldn't do it against Ireland. You wouldn't do it against France. You know, if you give them a, <laughs> you're doing any more countries you want to name? Well, I think about the only tier one country I've missed off there is Scotland, because I think we could claw back a 12-0 lead hey, against Scotland. Hey. Yeah, Scotland tier one, no. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, for me, it's all down to discipline, um, and it's all down to the breakdown, because that's where we seem to be getting pinged a lot of our a lot of our penalties against us for. And it's not just this game. I've noticed that that was, a tr- that was in the Irish game as well, and we were being pinged on the same sort of penalties. I think I said yeah. to you in the Scotland game, um, where we were just in the wrong on the wrong side, and we were getting pinged for penalties there. So I don't know if it's something they're working on, or or they're getting, or it's bad tackle technique, or they're being caught the wrong side. But I think we need to work on something from there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and that, and that's why I said a little bit earlier about. Um... You know, Josh Davidi coming back as well because he'll make such a difference at the breakdown. I'm not saying that you know that's that's the simple answer because there's a lot of work to be done there. But um, I, I mentioned a minute ago that Wales, how do they lose it? And um, before I come to you guys, um, I mentioned how did Wales lose it? And most of the categories Wales actually won. Um, you know, England just picking a couple now. Um, offloads, England 6, Wales 14, England handling errors 14, Wales 11, knock-ons England 2, Wales 1. Um, now, this, to your point, Mike, especially in the first 20 minutes, um, is, is interesting. So, Rooks lost, England 3, Wales 8. So, that's not a stat you want Wales to win. Um, breakdown steals, England 6, Wales three, and then again though, ruck was rec- ruck, excuse me, ruck recycle speed. Steady. Yeah, ruck recycle speed. That's a difficult. That's a tongue twister. Um, in between naught to three seconds, Wales won that. So um, they they beat England in that. They um, beat England in ruck recycle speed between three to six seconds. Um, they lost it. Um, to England in ruck recycle speed six seconds or more. Like I say, uh, and England won the battle of the turnovers, so eight to five. Um, Wales were seven to two winners when it came to Moles won. Uh, line breaks Wales won. Um, England had more missed tackles. So 
you know, most of it is in our favour, and, and I'm just talking about open play at the moment. Um, so there you go. There's a lot of numbers there, so I'll just pause that. And and Gaz, you you talk to me about you know where the game was lost and what happened. Well, um, the first 20 minutes I'd say is where the game was lost. Again, it it was a discipline. I think we actually won a penalty when it, when I think it was like three 0 to England. It was like two or three minutes on the clock, and Thomas Williams um, took a bit of a silly tap penalty in our own 22, which then led to I think one of our ball carriers got exposed. It's and, then, and then England won the turnover, penalty, 6-0. And it, it was just stupid little errors, which, when, which when you're away from home, first 20 minutes, ideally just keep a, a fairly simple game plan. Or, or it's going to sound cliche now. But, surely, surely not. <laughs> not for you guys. You need to play the rugby in the right areas of the park. That, I knew you, you know, were going to say that. Yeah, because ultimately we put ourselves under pressure, which then led to even more pressure, which le- which just led to more points being conceded. I thought it was going to say that. But, you know, when you're giving any international team 12, say 17 points, say Ed starts, away from home, it's an uphill task. Yeah. But I would like to say that, look, all the stats we're saying, and I think going back to episode one, I said I'd prefer to see a performance than a result. And I think in the second half, certainly we got a performance. And if that's the way going forward, at least now from this, if we play the same now against France, at least we can kind of see where Pivac's trying to go and and mm. see almost a, almost a game plan coming into place that we were all, in the first couple of episodes, we were all criticising and, and we were saying we can't see what's happening. But particularly what you were saying about the about the, 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 ball, the ball recycling speed. <laughs> I mean, you know... That's obviously the way he wants to play. That's how he played at the Scarlets. It was quick ball. It was getting out wide. It was it was running rugby. And I we did see, particularly the second half, we did see a lot more of that. And it was nice to see the ball getting wide and being thrown out. You could say it's uh, they're 12-0 down. They've got nothing else to lose. We might as well try playing that way. Would they have played that way if it was such a tight game? I don't know. But I would always say, like, we're going back to the first 20 minutes. You can't win a game in the first 20 minutes but you certainly can lose a game in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, some really good points. I think um, to what you just sort of said towards the end there, why why should it take... It was the same that happened against... Well, Wales uh, you know, have done it for ages now, but why, using this game as an example, why should it take us being 12-0 down to, to pull our finger out and start playing rugby? Because when we started playing rugby our sort of style of rugby as well, you know, it, it, second half was awesome. Every time we were in the 22, we scored a try. And, you know, the, the tries we scored as well, they weren't boring. They weren't shoving yeah. up your jumper stuff and, you know, crawl over the line, which you would expect perhaps from, from England or, you know, these, these teams of a big pack. They were, they were Welsh tries. Mm. They were 
rock recycles feed. <laughs> Quick. You know, Thomas Williams, that first try to Josh Adams was fantastic, that, was that pass. Mm. Amazing pass. That was like a, dare I say, like a Kiwi sort of pass. You know, you'd imagine mm. that from a Southern Hemisphere scrum half. Um, second try, Nick, Nick Tompkins. You know, you know he, he, that was going to be a try anyway. He could have mm. passed it out. There were numbers. Yeah. He went for it and he wiggled his way over and there was some strength there. And, he, and he's deceptively strong as well. You know, we, we talk about centre battle for Wales um, and who's good at centre he's starting to really cement his place because his defence has been really good but you know he hasn't let us down at all no no and you know other centres or other people who've been playing centre they have certainly mm. this tournament anyway I'm still not convinced by Owen Watkin um, you know and, and obviously Josh Adams playing centre in the first game that didn't work out and then the third try with Kieran Hardy, you could say, well, it was just a tap and go, caught England off guard, but he did it last year. He did it again this year. Mm. Again, that's what the, the best teams do. You know, they, they take advantage of that. And, that, you know, that's what a good scrum half does as well. I was just going to say the same thing. Isn't that what a good scrum half does? He see, he saw the gap. He, it was it was just natural tap and go. Didn't have to think about it. But it's that aggressiveness, though, as well. You know, why why does it take us to be losing and, and it to be the last five minutes for us? You know, to 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 have that 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 mindset, that philosophy, if you like. Um, you know, I you know, Wales starting slow is starting to become a real issue for them, and mm-hmm. I don't know why it is. I don't know. Um, we've talked about you know Pivak style and and things like that, but if and, and Rach said this, to be fair to her, if we had, pl- you know, if we, you, you know, like American football, especially in any sport, you know, if a team is, is, is losing late on, they always get like a consolation try. This was different because mm. there was still 30, 40 minutes left when we scored two tries in quick succession. This was pressure. This was us finally playing rugby. England mm. weren't, England didn't take the foot off the gas. We 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 were just clinical. We finally started getting yeah. the ball out and recycling quick. You know, again, that that ruck recycling speed. That wasn't England just taking the foot off the gas. They generally, creativity-wise, didn't have much power. Yes, and the mm. power is obviously what we struggled with because ultimately that's what conceded the penalties. But in regards to creativity, um, you know, ironically, we said before last Friday we said, "Oh, I just can't see Wales scoring tries," and we. We outscored England three tries to one, and England won. But what do we know? But can England's just... one, England's one try as well, which we can can we could talk about. That shouldn't have been allowed. And I'm also likely to go and say because I don't get I don't sort of get a lot of things right, hence the name of the podcast. But I said for Wales to win, they were going to need to score four tries. If they'd scored four tries, they would have won. We didn't think, we all laughed when I said four tries last week. But actually, I think England were hanging on. Ah, oh, of course. We didn't. You could you could say a famous, famous sports quote. You could say that we didn't lose, we just ran out of time. Um, but then it goes back to my point of why why do we start so slow or leave it so late or wait until we're behind? It's like we all, we, it's like Wales are really kind and generous and like to give the other team a head start. It's very thoughtful of them. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, and what you were saying, though, guys, about you know, I'm a little bit conflicted about. <sighs> I sort of like what Thomas Williams did, 
I know we we got we conceded a penalty, and you could say, well, the ref was a bit trigger happy, and mm-hmm. you know, ultimately it was a penalty when you watch it back. But the idea, I, I liked it. Um, I thought it was bold. I thought you know Wales could have launched a really good counter attack. Um, the, the way that you know eventually Cuthbert was playing mm. and, and Adams are playing, etc. You know, you have to d- look at two years ago at Twickenham when Wales scored a try from from the kickoff to the second half. We can launch really good counter attacks. Um, so mm. you, you you can. I'd rather us, and it goes a little bit back to as well, the performance over the result. Mm. I'd rather us be aggressive and give away a penalty than think back to the Ireland game when it, it was neither. We weren't aggressive, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we weren't disciplined either. So at least, okay, we weren't necessarily as disciplined as we could have or should have been against England, but we were a bit more aggressive. But I also argue we weren't aggressive early enough. Um, sorry, Mike, go on. I was going to say I'm a bit like you because, like... In-game management, we would all say, from what we've watched Wales for the last 10 plus years, it would be like, don't take the quick tap, get everyone back, get everyone going. But if he had got a line break and we had got the ball out, we would have been hailing that as probably try the championship. Mm. So I'm a bit like you. And, And I like to see them going for that because teams don't expect from that deep to launch an attack from. They go... Fine, you mean you're only 22, you need to score from 80, 80 metres. Go on, try it, we'll, we'll stop you. And, you know, I think teams should give it a go. You know, we want to play, we want to be the best in the world. We're going to be going to the World Cup. That's a whole different story. But the top teams do occasionally launch attacks from the 22. You know, I've seen New Zealand do it many a time. And, and not just against sort of other sort of uh, island nations that I've seen them do it against Australia I've seen them do it against against well well, I'm trying not to use as an example because (laughs) like like podcasts for us three Wales defence against New Zealand is probably not the best example that we can that we can come up with there Um, but I I like it I I think we need to change the way that rugby's played particularly in the Northern Hemisphere because Mm. Every other team would take that in, get all your backs behind you, right? Well, it was a penalty, we'll kick, we'll, we'll take the, the line out. I mean, we know, I mean, this championship is an anomaly because our line outs are actually working quite well. Um, normally, line outs are the thing that we grumble about in the whole pub. And yes, okay, we did have that one contentious line out. It was a push. Um, the thing is, normally, normally I I spot things like that, and I would argue that, and I don't know if it was my gin glasses on, but I I didn't notice it until after I'd seen a second replay. And normally I would be like jumping up and down on the table, screaming at the TV um, that I can see that from over two hundred miles away. Ref, why can't you see that from ten yards away? Um, it for me it wasn't as obvious as it was, but I don't think, and I'm going to grumble about the officiating. I don't think the officials worked well as a team together. I think mm. the TMO could have helped, could have helped the referee out a bit more. What I, I also think, think I also think that the uh, that the refs are the seventh team in the Six Nations this year, and I think they might, uh, I think they might, they might actually win the championship. <laughs> I like that. Grand slam for the referees. What were you going to say, Gaz? Well, 
so just watching the highlights back say so just then um the the final penalty which put England 23 12 up mm-hmm. can can either of you guess what say why that penalty was given was it was it not releasing no nope. no it wasn't not releasing it was not rolling away wasn't it nope Mike I, I can't remember I drank too much gin and I haven't watched the highlights <laughs> It, it, it was, was a, a it was at a rack in the air on a line out. Ah so, yes, of course. Happened. That was a bit. That was... Uh, yeah, no, he said he dragged him down with the arm, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. it was contacted. Yeah, which is ironic so, when you think about. Yeah, which is probably what you're going to say about yeah, how England's got their try. It would have been twenty points to twelve. We obviously scored with thirty seconds to go. And that was we our line out, wasn't it, guys? can't remember to be honest might have been but you know regardless I suppose it's still who knows but it was 20 points to 12 at the time mm. obviously if we'd gone up the other end scored a bit sooner we would have had a bit more time to potentially kick a winning penalty or, or, or drop goal you know but hey that's sport for you sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's a lot of what ifs, but if you think about, you know, because if England, it goes back to my point a few minutes ago, if England hadn't scored that try to start the second half, would Wales have then played the way they played? Mm. Probably not. You know, they would have just played it a bit more conservatively, which is frustrating. Um, so you can't just say, oh, if England hadn't scored that try, then Wales would have won. Because you know, because Wales, like I said, they might have not been as aggressive and scored three tries. Mm. But a couple more stats for you. Check me out today. But mm-hmm. um, it was one all with upper uh, opposition scrums one, scrum scrum penalties conceded, England uh, three, Wales two. So Wales did better in that. Lineouts one. England six, Wales fourteen. That probably surprises you. Mm. An opposition line out stolen. Um it was a draw at two all. Yeah. Um so I don't know if any of that surprises you because I remember thinking our line out was just dodgy, but mm. what what really I guess did lose us the game, because we're scratching our heads and thinking, well, how did we lose this? We committed uh, twice as many penalties at the ruck. Um, we uh, the penalty count overall was thirteen all, mind. Again, mm. don't know if that surprises you. Um, but it's in- where the penalties are committed, though. I think we committed, especially the first twenty minutes. We committed a lot of hours between the twenty-two and the halfway line, so all kickable penalties. Whereas I remember a couple yeah. of the England penalties were. Or deep in in our, our, we're in deep yeah. in our territory, which means yeah. we can't go for the points there. And I'm just going to say that we did also leave two points on the field um, with, a mis- with a misconversion. So we would have yeah. only been two points behind. So only needing a penalty to win the game, we might have been a slightly different mindset. I know we've we've all discussed this, but the last penalty we had, which was pretty much on the halfway line, would we have kicked for touch or would we have would we have gone? to attempt to win the game with the penalty because it would have been right on the edge of Bigger's range, I reckon. Or would we have still kicked the touch to, to go over for the uh, to try and go over for the seven 
because he's, I, he's kicked from that distance before. Oh, yeah. granted, a few years ago. I, I, I don't it's know. A ask of him, yeah, it, that's a long kick, though. I mean, that's similar to. I think it's even longer than the one he attempted against Scotland, which fell a bit short. Um, just you know, just just this championship. So, but you know, you might have gone for it because yeah, it was a long way to go, and yeah, it, I, I, you know, it's, it's a good point. Um, if you listen to Eddie Jones, he always steals a few meters at a mark as well. So he might he might have been a bit closer. Yeah, yeah it was it was an exciting end because you know we, we went through the phases and but um, you know Itoji then with his Jacqueline did a really good job at putting the game to bed, I guess. But but going back to um, that line out a minute and, and England's try. Um, so there's a there's there's the captain's challenge. So what I wanted to talk to you lads about, though, was does rugby, or at least international rugby, but, you know, it could be rugby in general, um, do they need more of like an NFL sort of a challenge rule where, you know, they get, they can almost like throw a flag or the coach can or the captain can say, no, I want to use my one challenge to, to you know, say, look, I want to look at that, you know, not just it's up to TMO's discretion or referee's discretion. I'm saying as captain, I want to use my one challenge per half or one challenge per game even, and I want you to look at that try. Do you think there needs to be something more like that in rugby? Personally, for me, no, because from what I'm led to believe, and I've not played at this higher level, but... (laughs) He says that so seriously. No, don't say that, you sure? (laughs) Yeah, anyone see me, they know I've not played at a higher level. Only played for Wales, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, What's for the, me, the captain? For? Yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, Asses. Let's, well, you behave yourself, pair of you. Making your own jokes up now. So for me, the captain, they're always, they should always sort of feel they can go up to the ref. And as long as they're not over overdoing it, they, they, they can ask them. I mean, I remember um, Alan Wynn doing it in a Lions tour. He asked the ref, can you check on something? The ref checked on it. Was it was it Alan Wynn? No, it was Sam. It was Sam yeah, I, mean, I was trying to work out which one it was. I knew it was... I knew I, it was. I, your, your point is valid, though, yeah. Yeah, that they, that they can do that. And and I think the difference with NFL is there's a lot of stoppages in the game. And yes, there are a lot of stoppages in rugby as well. But what would you do if they got the challenge wrong how would you like in nfl they get a time off time out taken off of them if if the challenge is not upheld so what are you going to do to to stop people just basically seeing their team under a lot of pressure throwing a challenge in to give them a few minutes to regroup like basically asking for a, i think there was a foul playing at that work knowing that your team are all out of position yeah, I, and, I think... And also, all, from what I'm led to believe, all tries are actually, um, for groundings at all, reviewed by the TMO and, and checked. Do we... Yeah, do we grounding, though, what about the lead-up to the try? Is, are they always checked? They're not always checked because, as we said with the other one, they would be they uh, the England try, they would have been. But I just think we're overcomplicating it. I mean... Look what happened in, and I know we might touch a touch on this. Look what happened in the Ireland Italy game about how overcomplicating 
rules and tweaks to rules to stop things have happened actually basically ruined an entire rugby match um, after 20, 25 minutes. I think we can try to over-police rugby and I think we should just let it leave it as it is at the moment. But if we have the technology, shouldn't we utilise that? And no, but where, where do you stop? Do we need refs on the pitch or can we just have like a little robot up and down the pitch and you can, you know, when he puts a colour up with whichever way the penalty's going or something like that, you know, you get a yellow card me for that. But I, 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 I still like, I still like a little bit of human error in it because we wouldn't have this podcast if there was no human error in it, would we? Yeah. Because every decision would be right. But there I'm not saying... There'd be no I'm, opinions. I'm not saying that we sh- it should be something that they do on every play. Uh, I'm not saying they should do it. Oh, you know, ref, he wasn't rolling away, but he was sort of, he was infringed, you know, he was being held back, so he couldn't roll in the way. But I think at least for every score in play, you should have the opportunity to challenge. And I think the incentive is, to your point, saying, yeah, but, you know, in NFL, they take time off the clock or you lose a timeout, etc. I think you have one challenge. And, you know, if you honestly think, right, no, that he definitely got pushed down in the line now, you know, all my forwards saying, or I saw it myself, like Dan Bigger saying, look, I saw it myself, or all the forwards are running up to Dan Bigger saying, Dan, challenge at me, because, you know, Adam Adam was, you know, pushed out of the line out. Um, you know, all right, fine, I'll go for it. But obviously, if I don't get it, that's it. I can't challenge again later on in the game. That should be the incentive. Yeah, there's obviously no timeouts in rugby, but you have one challenge a game. Make sure you use it wisely, because if you don't, then you won't have another challenge, and you might regret that. Oh, so... one, one challenge per championship. So you get your one challenge, and if it's upheld, then you get a challenge for the next game. But if it's declined, you've lost your whole challenge for the Six Nations. I don't know. What do you reckon, Gaz? I put you on the spot here. Do you agree with me or Mike? No pressure. Um, well, they did trial this in um, the Rainbow Cup, which was basically when COVID hit. And Oh, is this the autumn one? Could... Well, it was like the Pro 14. Oh, OK. It wasn't the internationals, no. Uh, um, because like teams couldn't travel it was, they literally just had like Welsh derbies Irish derbies um, and then they trialled it for that and then when teams could travel again they say trialled it in like the inter the the inter-regional say, slash say province games and to be honest with you it seems like a good idea but from what I've seen of it, it was just awful. It slowed the game down, in fairness. There was one game I was watching, it was Cardiff Zebra. And Cardiff had, had they had challenged something which had happened at a ruck. So obviously the referee is, has to speak to the TMO. The TMO has to speak to his video editing person. And it takes so long just to find one specific incident in a ruck. And it must have took them all five minutes. And it, and see, in the end, they they literally just gave up because they because they couldn't find what they were looking for. And even the referee, at, when like they gave up, was like, "Oh, thank God for that," because even the ref had had enough. 
Um, so it seems did like that, a good idea. I did think that lead to a scoring play though, or was that just someone wanted to chance them in a ruck? This was just something so in a ruck. So that's what I'm pelting. saying. But I agree that that shouldn't be something you can challenge. But I think when it's as massive mm. as a scoring play or an infringement that's led immediately to a try or something. Almost like um, like a missed you know knock on or missed delivery knock on or you know like the other day someone's being pushed out of the line out. I think in that circumstance, that's yeah, weird. Yeah, I agree in you? that sense, but it only has to be for things like that if they're going to move it. You know, like, how many phases back do you go? Because you could have like Wales, they had a thirty-five. I think we looked, checked it out eventually. Mm. Thirty-five. Phase try, I mean, 34. Well, 34. I mean, if there's an infringement at the first one, are they actually going to go back that three and a half minutes and 34 phases? No, and, and I think that's we... ridiculous if they do, yeah. And that's what you're saying because that's then 34 phases, each of them individually led to that try. Without mm. one of them phases, you wouldn't have had the try. So, how far do you go back? Yeah, I agree. And there's opportunities, especially in that example. I know it's a uh... An extreme example, but you could argue, okay, maybe one of the phases certainly at the beginning went wrong, but you could argue the defending team had a chance in the other thirty phases to to get the ball back or to stop the try. So I agree with you. You, you know, how far do you go back? You wouldn't go back in that instance. But again, thinking back to the try that was scored, that was there were no phases. That was an act of someone getting pushed out of the line now, but going straight to an English player. There was no phases, and he went straight that's over. That's where that would be a good rule. Yeah, that's because what it's just you know, one phase or whatever. But it is literally it's it could be used for like infringements at the lineout. Yeah. Or say obstruction Scrum. in in the midfield area. Yeah, crossing, like crossing or, or something like that. You know. Yeah. But, but what stopped Dan Bigger going to the ref and going? It was first phase. What well, stopped Bigger going to? Yeah, but what you know, the ref shouldn't just be waving him away if there's a genuine. But he did. Mm. Apparently, Dan did go. You know, he said he, you and I look at it, and apparently the ref said, "Yeah, we've looked at it, and it's all right." But yeah. and they only know, looked at the grounding. But well, like, exactly, exactly. But what I'm okay. So what I'm saying is, if they're challenged, say, "Ref, look at that line out. It's led to the try. Can we just make sure that one of our players wasn't infringed?" And what I guess makes it even more annoying is like what Gaz said earlier. We got. We got then, we considered a penalty later on in the game for something that was well, not even as bad. Yeah, it was technically an infringement at a line now. Mm. It was very 50-50. Didn't lead to a try, and yet we've got penalised for it. And I and I think you could say it for all sports, but I think that's the frustrating thing about rugby. We all love rugby and everything, but it's the interpretation of, and it's the inconsistency of the referee. And I, and I you know, again, I'm biased, but I think that that was something that you know, was was quite clear clear on the weekend. Um, you know, a lot of 50-50s went England's way. I'm not saying that, you know, some of the, you know, England were stronger at the breakdown, etc., and did force us to make those penalties. Going back to what Gaz was pointing earlier about Thomas Williams running out of the 22, we got isolated and, yeah, we, we, we probably were hanging on, or we were hanging on. That's probably the right call. But there were other calls where I thought, wow, that's a bit... That's a bit harsh. I remember one with Ross Mariotti was penalising for not rolling away. and literally... He's been held in. Yeah, he's been held in. That annoys think... me. When they, you when you can see that they're holding them in. Mm. But he's like screaming at the ref, ref, I'm trying to get away. Mm. And the ref just sort of looks at him and be like, nah. But like, <laughs> we cannot see that he's being held. 
most of them are being held in these days. Yeah. Can, can we just end the sort of this segment on a positive though? I think all of us were happier that there was a performance there though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean <laughs> You're leaning back of your chair because you're gonna say something controversial to it now. What I was gonna say was going back to the line out that England scored. Um, so even Dylan Hartley, ex-England captain, said this week that Wales should have refused to play on. Now, that's quite extreme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they said, and I quote, in my view, um, oh, this isn't Dylan Hartley. The last bit was Dylan Hartley, but it, this is me now saying in my view, sorry. <laughs> in, my, in my view, but what do I know? So our defence didn't concede any tries. They didn't. Yes, Wales conceded tries on paper, but our defence didn't. Mm. There was that fluke. It was that... Imp- so e- e- even, right, if it, it wasn't uh, impeded at the line-out, right, and it was just a terrible throw by Ryan Elias, because there's a little bit of ownership that has to be gone on him, right? Mm. Even if he just overthrows it and it lands in Don Brandt's hands, mm. his ball his ball handling hands, right? And, and, and he scores... That's not really, I, I don't really think, you know, because of the proximity to the line, I don't really think you can blame our defence for that. That is a set no. piece error that's conceded that try. It was our lack of discipline that gave away 18 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Um, and they didn't really create anything, England. No. Was, and the, the irony is, that was the type of win that Wales used to do under yeah. Gatlin. How, yeah. many, how many times did we lose the try, try, uh, try battle? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we still won. So it is very ironic that we're now on the on the other end of that. Um, so that's to end the segment. That that's my that's my two pence. But what do I know? I'm just gutted that like that I couldn't send send Mike Brown a tweet after his comments in the week. That's my biggest letdown really. Is because I because I would have loved to have sent him some abuse on Twitter. After not, that we, not that we condone abuse online. Friendly abuse. Trolls. <laughs> yeah, it's just banter, yeah. It's a uh, interesting point, though, guys, because um, Mike Brown actually came out after the game as well. and, and uh, So what I wanted to do each week is introduce a segment now to But What Do We Know? And this segment we're going to do every week, lads, and it's called Egg on Our Face. All right. An egg on our face is where, since we've started this podcast, we've said something one week, and the next week has come <laughs> back to bite us. So, for example, um, if you remember, before the Scotland game, we were saying, why the heck has he picked Alex, Alex Cuthbert? And Alex Cuthbert has, has played, played a blinder. Well, he played really well against England. I think he had about 140 metres made, which is amazing. Yeah, and, like and he was awesome, wasn't he? He was powerful. You know, justified his selection over Louis Wiesamit, definitely. And he played well against Scotland. And, of course, it was right before the Scotland game where he said, what's he doing with Cuthbert? So there was a bit of egg on our face. I think there's a bit of egg on this week, egg on um, our face as well, because we said oh, Wales, won't score, <laughs> Wales won't score enough tries. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> but it's also egg on the face of Mike Brown, because Mike Brown has even come out this week and said, all right, fair play. There is, a, there is some players in that game that actually would easily get in England and, you know, just, yeah, it yeah, would easily have got an England team. You know, Josh Adams, Thomas Williams, 
even Cuthbert. Uh, uh, Falatau. I mean, what a return for Toby Falatau. I mean, that mm. is immense. Being out of international rugby for so long. And he just, unbelievable. He played the whole 80 minutes. Yeah. Just awesome. Absolutely awesome. And that's hopefully what, what Josh Navidi will bring if he is selected next week. And he used his ball handling hands as well. He did. He did. One little criticism of um, of Alex Cuthbert is in the 12th minute, um, he made a fantastic break. And it, I know it's easy to say in hindsight, he made a fantastic break, literally ran over a couple of people. He must have made about 30 metres on that break, if you remember, if you know what I'm on about. And um, if you don't, have a, go back and have a look at the highlights. 12th minute. He gets tackled and then he gets penalised for for not releasing. If he had passed it, Josh Adams was in. Mm-hmm. And again, I know it's what ifs and hindsight, but that has been the criticism of Alex Cuthbert um, over the last few years. And perhaps why he, he was dropped and wasn't selected is that sometimes he doesn't see that final pass. Um, so, yeah, just, just a little point. Again, this all or could have been or whatever, but going back to you know being clinical and and things like that, you know, if you're going to be the best in the world, you need to be clinical. The All Blacks probably would have passed that. Um, I don't want to be like Mike and start naming loads of teams, but New Zealand would have passed that, Australia would have passed that, England would have passed that, France would have passed that. So, what I was also going to say earlier, quickly, sorry guys, was we were talking about like Thomas Williams trying to make a break from. The uh, his own twenty-two, Wales' own twenty-two, and Wales being more aggressive, and and Mike, you saying about that 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 exciting style of rugby, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. France do that a lot of the time. France will pounce on other teams' errors, and that's where they launch their their attacks and usually score tries. You know, did it against Scotland from from either ball that Scotland kicked away, or you know if they. Um, if they turn the ball over at the scrum or at the at the the racks, etc. So that's how dangerous and, and clinical France are. Um, which you know, which 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 brings me on to the France game. I mean, like I said earlier, if Wales start slow, which they have a tendency of doing, then you know, you know, it's going to be a hard enough game as it is against France. But it's good night. I was going to say good night Vienna. It's going to be good night Cardiff if um, if Wales start slow. So. What um what's the te- what's the team selection and, and and what is it that Wales need to do, Mike, to um to compete or even beat France? So I'm gonna say that I think we just need to play like we. It's easy to say play like we played the second half against England. Um, we we started because the set pieces were going well. We had a good platform to release our backs. <laughs> I think we need to play with the the speed that we were playing with. We always seem to have quite good games on Friday nights against France. Um, even when we've not been playing too well, we seem to normally manage to to scrape a win um, against France. Personally, and I know all the previous weeks I've said Wales will win, Wales will win, Wales will win. I can actually, I think France are going to win the Grand Slam. I think um, for me, they're, they're probably the... The, the Northern Hemisphere team in team in form, um, and I can't I can't see us beating them. But again, I'm just happy if we have a performance against them. Mm. And watch us go, watch us go, watch us go and stuff them now. I've said that. 
Team selection. Well, I said for the England game to bring back Jonathan Davis, so I'd definitely bring him back against France for his mm. experience because France will come at us at, at all angles. Um, definitely going to need his experience. Uh, keep the back three the same, half backs the same. Do you drop Basham and bring Navidi back in at seven? That's a possibility. I'd, I'd keep Sifalatao in. Probably keep Ross in for his aggression. Second rows, yeah, they, you know, the say second rows haven't let us down. Front row. There's not much we can do with the front row at the moment. No, there really isn't. Um, I mean, I think there was. I think they said something on Wales Online about the about our props not doing enough ball carrying against England. Um, which is which is which is something which which needs to improve um, if we're gonna have any chance against the French on Friday night. Uh, it's gonna be a tough one. So France have only won in Cardiff once in the last ten years. Um, so, and that was, but that, but that was the last time they played here, which was two years ago. And again, I remember watching that in the pub. And again, Wales left it late there. There was uh, an unfortunate interception try um, from Intermac, and then we were pressing late for the win. And um, Nick Tompkins broke away and and uh, got penalised for, um, for for not releasing. Bit of a theme, uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, Wales uh, usually have a pretty good record against France at home. Um, so we'll be interested to Mike's point Friday night as well. Uh, I don't think, I, I think Scotland went back to all Scotland against France this last weekend. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm not saying that France um, were clinical. They're absolutely clinical, yeah. yeah. And I think they will, I think they will go ahead and win the Grand Slam. I don't think England will. I think we'll, Dare I say, I think we'll give France more of a game than England, to be honest. Um, certainly if we play like we did in the second half against against England, against France. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I think I think the call about Tane Basham is a good one. Um, I think yeah, he's an awesome youngster with promise, but if Navidi's fit, you bring him in. Um, and it's nice to have a bit of depth. It's nice for Basham to go away and think, well, actually, I'm pretty good. But I'm still not the best, and that's only gonna, well, hopefully motivate him more to get better, because he's only young. Um, so it's nice to have that luxury, I guess. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't change too much of the line out. You know, you have Adams, Cuthbert, Bigger, Williams, um, centres. Yeah, I mean, I would have Jonathan Davis and Nick Tompkins start. I, I think he'll leave it though. I think he'll leave Watkin in because he wants there to be. You know, a consistent partnership at centre, um, and then the forwards, like you said, I think um, you probably leave that the same. But I do think if Navidi's fit, and obviously, did he play the full eighty minutes tonight? I didn't notice. I turned off after seventy minutes. Yeah, honest. he played at least seventy. Yeah, so if he's fit, that's good. And if he's fit, you know, I would, um, I would play him against France definitely because we'll need him. We'll, we'll need him at the breakdown definitely. So uh, interesting. Um, yeah, we'll see. 
We'll see. All right, lads. Um, I don't know if you want to give a prediction now for, for Wales-France, because probably our next podcast might be after that. Um, so, so Mike, have you thought about a prediction already for uh, for that game? Yeah, and it's not going to be a popular one. I I, I can see France by eight. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Do you think it'll be high scoring or low scoring? There'll be tries in this game. I can see there being maybe as as much as nine nine or ten tries Bloody in the hell. whole game for France. <laughs> yeah. A try fest. No, I, I think so. I mean, we, we, we put three, we only played a half and we still put three on past England. You yeah. know, and I know France is a different is a different opponent. Um, but I can see, I can see us both scoring tries. I can see lots of free-flowing rugby. I can see the ball being lobbed out. Um, if one team's behind, then they're going to start going for it, which is exactly the way we like to play. Both teams have the flair. Both teams have half-backs that can create and both teams love running in broken field, um, which is why I can see it being, it being an absolute tri-fest. Are you worried that, you know, Sean Edwards is a defence coach and, and obviously knows a lot about Wales? Um, a little bit, but I think we've, we're now starting to come out of that Warren-Gatland mode that we've been talking about. I think we, especially the second half against England, I think we are moving towards a, a bit more, um, dare I say, Wales 2.0, as I'm gonna as I'm gonna call it now. Mm. How about you guys? My predictions: mm. France by thirteen. France, France by thirteen. Think. They are gonna. I mean, their back line is just superb. I mean, their their whole team is superb. They can all ball handle well with their ball handling hands. They can all offload, you know, there's a lot of creativity, a lot of pace, a lot of power. Yeah, France by at least 13 for me. Yeah, I, I, I'll say France by uh, by nine. Uh, I just think um, I can see them being just a bit more than a converted try um, or an unconverted try and a penalty, you know, just um, in front. Um, I got a feeling Wales will be a bit more sharp or quicker out of the box. Uh, Certainly need to be to compete. Um, I think, you know, I think it's pretty evident that if they do play like they did in the second half against England a bit earlier in the game and have a bit less fear and just go for it and we're not going to win a championship now so why not um, you know because after France's greatest respect it's only Italy so they may as well just go for it against France so that's what I'm hoping I hope we come firing out of the block and it could be a classic um, it could be also next week's edition of Egg on Our Face because it could be like a 9-6 game um, but I can't see us holding France to nine points. But I also can't see them holding us to six. Um, crazy, really, when you think about how we played against Ireland. But there we go. What a difference a few weeks makes. So we'll see, lads. We'll probably do our next podcast after that game. Um, so just quickly, I just want to do a couple of round robins, if you like. So don't know if you saw in the news this week or in the rugby news that... Um, 
the Welsh national anthem, Henrod Fernadai, was uh, ranked um, sixth out of all the six na- nations national anthems, which is uh, which is an insult, really. And even again, getting rid of the bias—that's just ridiculous. Um, now, it was a Irish, um, an Irish radio show, I believe, um, that, that that came up with these. So I don't know what they've got. Uh, they, I don't know why they got it in for us or whatever. Like they haven't already beaten us the Six Nations, um, but um, that's a load of rubbish. I think bias, biased aside, I think it's a brilliant anthem and the most passionate. And um, you know that's much better than Irish. And I don't care if we have any Irish listeners; it's much better. And we only need one. You got two, so oh, exactly. controversial, controversial. Uh, any thoughts? I would expect nothing less from the Irish. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement there. Um, it's Wales. It, it's number one. Yeah, absolutely. Wales, then, uh, France, Italy. Then it's a mixture, and it? it's like probably the Irish ones above the England. I, I like the I do like I do. Oh, sorry, like, Scotland is definitely yeah, like. I, I do like the Scottish there. one. I do love Murrayfield when mm. they start the anthem with the bagpipes, uh, and then they stop the bagpipes. And then the crowd takes over, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean that is awesome. To be fair, um, yeah. So uh, it, it used to really annoy me, if I'm honest, when they used to get like Catherine Jenkins and people to sing the Welsh anthem. Just let, need it. It, yeah. just let the crowd sing it, yeah. Just let the crowd, that's the beauty. That's, you know, you go to the stadium just for that. You don't go for the rugby, certainly these days. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's what that's what it's all about. So It's like a hundred quid for a, for a one song, for a one song show, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of tickets still for that game, mind. A hundred pound is a lot. You know, this day and age of, of everything going up and yeah. not going to... Start getting into that and start getting into politics, but hundred pound these days is a lot, and um, that's why I guess it annoys me with the WRU where they charge that, and then you think, well, I wouldn't mind so much if, but where's the money going? Because if it's going into the regions, shouldn't we be seeing, you know, some <laughs> some output and and whatever? But but there we go. That, that's another podcast. <laughs> um, just quickly as well, just want to some sad news today about Shane Shane Warne. Um, passing away at only the age of 52. Not a massive cricket fan. I think, Gaz, you probably know a bit more about cricket than, than myself. I do remember watching the first sort of cricket I remember watching properly was the, I think it was the 2003 Ashes. 2003. Uh, oh, 2005, was it? 2005, I think. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. And um, some classic games in that. But of course, mm. Shane Warren was uh, a massive part of Australia's team and uh, again, don't know loads about cricket, so I'll, I'll hand this over to you. But just before I do, I do know that he was fantastic with the spin. I think that was his yeah, trade, wasn't it? He's one of the best spinners of all time, to be fair. Um, and, you know, he was a very good cricketer, but um, his TV work was just as good as well, in fairness. Um, I mean, I, I haven't watched much cricket on Sky Sports lately, but always enjoyed him, Bumble. You know, Sky had some good personalities on on the cricket. Why are you pulling faces, Mike? <laughs> because 
You've mentioned a brand twice and they're not paying us. <laughs> well, all, we, all we got to do is, all we got to do is now. I mean, what are they called? Bumble, Bumble, Bumble. Bumble. What are they? A brand, are they? No, he's mentioned the TV people. Oh, I thought oh, what, you were like Bumble the sedate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're talking about Bumble or, or Sky or whatever, then just 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 send them this podcast yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, I'm sure they'll sponsor us on next week's edition. So uh, rest in peace, Shane Warne. Uh, obviously didn't know you and not a massive cricket fan, but I know that, you know, we talk about, we've talked a couple of times on our podcast so far about the greatest sportsman ever. And um, I guess, I bet, for, I bet for many people, especially cricket fans, they'd probably say that that, that he potentially could be. So it's, uh, it's always a shame to see someone die at such a young age. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Um, right, guys. Thanks for this evening. I think um, I think it's been good. I think we've broken down the England Wales game. We'll see what happens next week against France. Um, I just really hope you know again Wales come out of the block firing, and it's just a good game. Say so we've got nothing to lose now, and as long as there's the performance, like we've said, all Six Nations, as long as there's the performance, it doesn't I guess necessarily matter about the result. But I would just love us to say play some rugby. It sounds really obvious, but you know, just play some rugby and not just you know, just keep kicking the ball in the away right areas. In the right areas, yeah. Uh, Mike, um, do you want to just uh, talk a little bit about our Twitter page? Yep. So uh, anyone wants to follow us, it's BWDWK Pod. I've actually got it written down, so I know what it is now. Um, and we actually got um, we've got a couple of followers, but one I'm going to mention it's. Um, and forgive the pronunciation of it if I if I've got this wrong, but it's um, yogurt touch rugby and well-being. So this is a veterans over 35s touch rugby jogging and walking um, team that also looks at mental and physical well-being, and they meet at 8:30 p.m. on a Wednesday for walking, and on a Thursday at 8:15 p.m. and that's a jogging one, and you can find them at Ustrid Gunless Leisure Centre. So that's the Yogits Touch Rugby and Wellbeing. And if you follow us on Twitter, you can also um, find a, find them and follow them as well. Awesome. Awesome. And what age have you got to be to 35? Over 35. Oh, I'm out of it then. And me and Gazad as well. No, you're not. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, that was a joke. Right, there you go. <laughs> Awkward. Cool. Well, good. And... Um... I love that idea. Yeah, I think um, I'm all about well-being, uh, both physical, as I as I sit here in my can. Um, but it is Friday, so let me off. But certainly mental, and uh, I think you know, getting together with with a bunch of lads and uh, doing physical exercise is great for your mental well-being and your mental health. So I love that, and um, and uh, yeah, good for them. And uh, maybe when I'm 35 in August, I'll join. So. I think stuff. I might have the pace for walking rugby. Yeah, I'm sure somehow you'll still find a reason to do a slight tackle or or commit a penalty or or, or a tackle or whatever. I, I, basically, I can still see you getting sin binned is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'll be using the captain's challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I won't right. be the captain. It, it won't be scrum five on Sunday afternoons. It'll be scrum 35. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, lads, it's been a pleasure as always. Have a good week. Catch up next week. Cheers, everybody listening. Thanks for listening. And make sure you hit the subscribe button and uh, give us a rating. But um, take care, everybody, and, and stay safe. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. That was good. It's good, that.